Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and shalom. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, May the 16th, 2023. And today is Teacher's Tuesday, but first, a word from our announcer. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show. I have a few announcements I want to make. I want to remind everybody that we do have a quarterly coming up. That's in July, July 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And uh, registration is $25. If you want to listen to it online, that is a $30 registration. Check out our itinerary page for more information on that. We have available on YouTube our fellowship, and that is with Prophet Mark Reinbold for our Shabbat fellowship. That's on Friday nights. On Wednesdays evenings, uh, I do an evening service. We have Blog Talk Radio available five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard and myself on this station. On the other station, we have Prophet Gary Burpee on Tuesday, Prophet Greg Burpee on Thursday. All of us are teaching Prophet Deckard material. Well, as I said, today is Teacher's Tuesday. Yes, it is Teacher's Tuesday, and we are going to begin the, the teaching on Shavuot. Shavuot. It sounds like coat. Shavuot. And it is the Feast of Weeks. Um, <clears throat> it is held on, uh, on the 6th of Savan, and it is exactly 50 days after Pesach. And uh, turn with me to De- Deuteronomy 16. 
9 through 16. Shavuot. Shavuot is the second of the three pilgrimages that that um, they were required to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And the first one was Pesach. And then 50 days later was Shavuot. And then at the end of the year, the fall feast, they would go back for Sukkot. Shavuot marks the giving of Torah by God to Israel. And he did that on Mount Sinai right after they had left Egypt. In Hebrew, the word Shavuot means weeks, and it stands for seven weeks. So the children prepared themselves for the receiving of Torah. We are commanded to, to count the Omar, and today is the 40th day of Omar. Sunday is New Moon, this coming Sunday, and then the next Friday, May 26th, as I said, is Shavuot. Deuteronomy 16, 9 through 16. Seven weeks thou shalt number unto thee. Begin to number the seven weeks from such time as thou be, beginnest to put the sickle to the corn. And thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with a tribute of a free will offering of thine hand, which thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God, according as the Lord thy God has blessed thee. So they were to bring a free will offering, according as the Lord had blessed them. We are to give a free will offering for Shavuot. You give one at Pesach, you give one at, at, um, at Sukkot. Those are free will offerings, and, and, and God said, it will be according as I have blessed you. So how has God blessed you lately? How has he blessed you lately? You know, I, I, um, I, I garden, and most of you know I garden. And, and we, we had, a, we had an, a really long spring, which was awesome for my brassicas. And, and then it started turning hot. And and we we went for a, a stretch there where we wasn't getting rain, and and my garden was still fine, it was doing okay. That nothing was wilting. It wasn't like we were in a drought situation. But I water my plants that are in containers with rainwater, and I was running out of rainwater. And I noticed that my plants that were in the ground, they were, the ground was getting pretty hard. I, I'm on clay, and so it's very, gets very hard when it gets dry. And so I began to pray, and I began to command the rain, and I began to command the angels to bring in the rain. And last night, it rained pretty much all during the night. A nice, gentle rain. And it filled up my rainwater buckets and it watered the ground. And so today I can say, how has God blessed me? He blessed me with rain. 
His word says that he will give us rain in due season, the former rain and the latter rain. And every time my garden begins to get dry, I remind God that he promised that he would give us rain if we would do what? If we would be obedient to him. And God blessed me with rain last night, and I am grateful for it, absolutely grateful for it. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant, thy maidservant, the Levite that's within thy gates, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow that are among you in the place which the Lord thy God has chosen to put his name there. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. Thou must remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. And thou shalt observe and do these statutes. We were bondmen in Egypt. Slaves. We didn't have the freedom to do what? We wanted to do. We didn't have the freedom, you know. Here, here in a, in America where I live, we have the freedom to choose to choose what what we want to do for our prof- profession. We have the freedom to choose where we will live, how we will live. We have that freedom. Now, how we live is within the the confines of the law of the land. But we were bondmen in Egypt. We didn't have those freedoms. But we have to remember that. But then we also have to do what? Observe and do the statutes of God. Thou shalt observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days. Now that's Sukkot. That's coming up the, in the end of September. After that, thou shalt gather in thy corn and thy wine, and thou shalt rejoice in thy feast, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy maidservant, thy manservant, thy maidservant, the Levi, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow that are within thy gates. So it was everybody. It was everybody that was within their gates. Nobody was exempt. Everybody. Seven days thou shalt keep a solemn feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose. Because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy increase and in all the works of thy hands. Therefore, why? Because God will bless us. That's why we do this. Let me read it again. Seven days I will keep a solemn feast in the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in thy increase in the works of thy hands. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. These festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, These are joyous occasions. We are to rejoice because we are doing what God told us to do. We are following his commandments, Ephraim. 
and he is going to bless us. He is going to bless us. And we rejoice. We rejoice. And I like this. It says, in all the works of thy hands, God will bless you in the work of your hands. He will bless you. Three times a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he has chosen, in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, in the Feast of Weeks, in the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty. That means they are to bring an offering. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread is Pesach, the Feast of Weeks is Shavuot, and the Feast of Tabernacles is Sukkot. So God began to formulate a plan. He, he began to press into the children of Israel to understand that there were certain things that were very important to God. And these feasts were important to God. So much so that he said, if you will do them, I will bless you. I will bless whatever you put your hand to. Isn't it amazing how I remember as as a Christian, I grew up in a Christian home. I received the Lord at, at age 11, went to church every Sunday, most every Sunday. In my... When I turned 20, I married a, a Methodist pastor. We went to church every Sunday, every midweek. Had two midweek services, actually. God did not bless. We tithed. We, I had a prayer life. We did everything that we knew to do, but... We were not blessed in everything we put our hand to. I can remember it was, I felt like that I clawed and scratched for every blessing. Then I got filled with the Holy Ghost at about about age 25. I found out that there was a Holy Ghost. Now, they didn't teach that in the Methodist church. No, 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 no. No, God put in my path different people, and, and, and a study book about, about the Holy Ghost. And I began to realize that God, that God had a gift. God had a gift. Not only did he give Torah on Shavuot to the Israelites at Mount Sinai, but we will, as we study this, we will see where in Acts, Yeshua told, Yeshua told the disciples, you carry in Jerusalem. After he had appeared unto them for 40 days after he had rose from the grave. And today is the 40th day of Omar. So Yeshua would have been appearing all this time after 
after he had died and raised again from the dead on that third day, he had been appearing unto them for 40 days. And then he told them, you go tarry. You realize that they only tarried in, in Jerusalem for a week? I grew up thinking they tarried. They tarried for that whole 50 days in Jerusalem. Nope. They tarried for one week, preparing themselves for Shabbat. And on the day of Shabbat, God gave the Holy Ghost, just as Yeshua had promised, a gift. And I found out when I was 25 after studying for a year about the Holy Ghost, that God had this gift that he wanted to give us. This gift that would enable us, empower us, would teach us. And yet, here I had been raised in a Christian home, and I knew nothing about receiving the Holy Ghost. There are certain things that are important to God. That are important to God. And receiving the Holy Ghost is important to God. Why? Because it will empower you through these last days. In fact, I think I've shared before, because I was in the Methodist church, a Methodist pastor's wife at the time, People would come to me because they knew, they knew things had changed with me. They knew I was different. And they would ask me, they'd say, what happened? And I'd explain to them that I had received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, it was like the scriptures, I, I described it like they jumped off the pages. They just jumped up in my face. I had a new understanding of God's scriptures. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was teaching me. And they would say, well, do we need the Holy Ghost? And I'd say, well, I don't know. Do you? It's a gift from God. Well, do we have to have it? I said, I don't think so. It's, it's their choice. And then God took me in a vision. And he showed me this beautiful, and you know, being, being a, a, a lady, he showed me this beautiful pink wrapped gift with a bow on top that was white and it glimmered with glee. It glistened. And, it, and, and I saw two hands holding the gift towards me. And God said, I have a gift for my children. And they fight over it. They claim it's the devil. They, they refuse my gift. And he says, it's necessary. Listen, it's necessary for them to make it through the end time. Shavuot was the giving of the Holy Ghost 
which is necessary to make it through the end time. This is an important festival to God, and we are to rejoice in it. You should rejoice that you have the scriptures. You should rejoice that you have God's law. You should rejoice that you have salvation. You should rejoice that you have his Holy Spirit, his power. These are important things unto God. God said, you will have no other gods before me. You will have no other gods before me. I can remember, I can remember even as a child going, well, well, I don't, I don't have any, we don't have any gods, but now, <laughs> it's different now. You, you turn on, you turn on the, the TV or something and, and you see somebody with a Buddha statue in the background. You go, you go to get us girls, go to get our nails done. And there's a, there's over on the floor a little, a little altar to Buddha. That's their God. That's their God. Not all places, but the majority. America has pagan idols in it now. When I grew up, that was unheard of. But you see, you can make a God out of anything. You can make a God out of your job. You can make a God out of your, your family. You can make a God out of your hobbies. You can make a God out of out of material things, your car, your house, anything, anything that diverts you from being able to serve God. The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you divert you from serving him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and with all your mind. That is then another God. Some people make their children, their animals. Well, I can't do it because I can't, I can't, I can't serve you, God, because, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. You, God said, you will have no other gods before me. Leviticus, excuse me, chapter 23. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, say unto them, When you have come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheath of the firstfruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he will wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted for you. And on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest will wave it. Wave it, excuse me. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheep of, of his lamb 
or sheep, a he lamb without blemish. I have messed that all up. I apologize. And you shall offer that day when you weigh the sheep, a he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And a meat offering thereof shall be of two-tenths deal of flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and a drink offering thereof shall be of wine and the fourth part of a hen. And you shall cast, you shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that you brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation in all your dwellings. You shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheep of wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. So that other offering we were reading about was during Pesach. Now he's talking seven weeks later. That's the counting of the Omer. That's the 50 days. Even on the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number 50 days and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. And you shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two-tenths deal, and they shall be of fine flour, and they shall be bacon with leaven. See, that's the opposite of what we did at Pesach, isn't it? And they are the first fruits unto the Lord. So this wave offering is your first fruit unto the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, one young bullock, two rams, and they shall be for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And with their meat offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. You shall sacrifice one kid of the goats of a sin offering and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord with two lambs, and you shall be holy before the Lord for the priest. And ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy convocation unto you. So it's a Shabbat. And you shall, set, set, you shall do no several works therein. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwelling throughout your generations. So he set up the time. It dealt with grain. It dealt with harvest. It dealt with man's survival. Now let me, let me go back here. What did God say? God said in, in my vision that his gift of the Holy Ghost was paramount. It was mandatory. It was there to help us through these end times. Shavuot, Pesach, Sukkot, they all dealt with the times that God had set up, Pacific times. And they dealt with the harvest. Shavuot is after that spring harvest. Sukkot is after the fall harvest. It dealt with our survival. 
Do you understand? Do you understand why there are Christians, God-loving Christians, who die in plagues, who die in storms, who die in God's judgment? These are pacific times. God says you will do it all. You will do it all. You will keep the Levitical feast. You will keep them. And if you do, he will command the blessing. And your everything you set your hand to will be blessed. And that means you'll be blessed in the midst of the judgment of the end times. It's about your survival, Ephraim. It's about you surviving through what's going on. There have been storms after storms after storms this spring. Tornadoes after tornadoes after tornadoes. Blizzards, hail. But I am blessed. I am protected because I keep, I keep the statutes, the times, the commandments, the festivals. And you can be too. It's about your survival. You don't have to be fearful. Now, you don't need to be stupid either. I always tell, the, tell, tell people every once in a while somebody will say, well, well, I don't go to the basement when there's a tornado because God's going to protect me. Well, a prophet would say that is foolishness. And I can tell you and my children can tell you that every time there was a tornado warning, downstairs we went. Downstairs we went to the basement. There were times that we had to sleep down there. We had one bed. And the kids were on sleeping bags on the floor because it was a stormy night. Had Prophet prayed? Yes, he prayed. Did he believe for the protection of God? Yes, he did. But he also believed in being smart. He also believed in doing what you can do. He prayed, he set the angels, and we went to the basement. And some people say, well, that's doubt and unbelief. Well, let me tell you something. He was Elijah. And if it was good enough for him, it should be good enough for you. You see how sometimes we get all haywire? Keeping these feasts are for your survival. It's mandatory throughout your generation. That means it didn't stop when Yeshua came. Now, anything that dealt with a sacrifice had to deal with the temple 
And obviously, the temple is not in position anymore to use today. It was torn down, just like Yeshua said it would be. First Samuel. First Samuel, chapter 10. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him. Now this is talking about the prophet Samuel anointing Saul to be king. And if you remember, the people cried, give us a king! And Samuel said, you don't want a king! You don't need a king! And they said, we want a king! And Samuel said, no you don't! You don't want a king! You get a king, he'll take your young men! And make them fight. You get a king. He'll take your young ladies. Your young children. He'll make them concubines and servants. In his his castle. You don't want a king, Israel. And Israel said, we want a king. And finally God said, Samuel, go anoint Saul. They want a king, they can have a king. Now, God didn't think that was the best thing for him, and Samuel knew it wasn't the best thing for him. But they had cried out like spoiled brats. We want a king. God said, okay, I'll give you a king. I'll give you a king. And so Samuel went to anoint Saul as king. He poured oil on his head, he kissed him, and he said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Israel is God's inheritance. We are God's inheritance. That ought to take care of your feeling of unworthiness. You know, an inheritance is worth something. An inheritance is worth something. You are God's inheritance. You need to meditate that. You are God's inheritance. You are, wow, you are God's inheritance. Isn't that an awesome thought? You are God's inheritance. Verse 2. When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men at Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelza. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found, and lo, thy father has left the care of the asses in sorrow for you saying, what shall I do for my son? He's like, where is my son? Then shall they go forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God at Bethel, one carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they shall salute thee and give thee 
two loaves of bread which thou shalt receive at their hands. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, wherein the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Now this is just quite the scenario. And coming down from the high place with the palsy, a tablet, a pipe, a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. Now Saul was not a prophet. Saul was not a priest. But he had been anointed king. And then Samuel explained to him, and thou shalt be turned into another man. When you are under the anointing, you are not the person that you usually are. You're turned into another person. Saul would come under the anointing and be turned into another man to the point that he would prophesy. Even though he wasn't a prophet. And the prophet is telling him, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to, here, these people are going to come tell you about your father. They're going to give you some bread and you take it. And then you're going to go up and these prophets are going to show up. And they're, they are going to have these specific things. I mean, he was telling him to detail. Wasn't going to be no mistaken, was there? And let it be when these signs are come unto thee. He said, Saul, these are signs. And when they have come unto thee, then that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with you. Saul, this is how you're going to know you're anointed to be king. This is how you're going to know you can do as occasion serve you, for God is with you, Saul. God is with you. You can do as occasion serves you. You see, that only happens when God can trust you. You see, Saul couldn't do as the occasion served him between the people telling him about his dad and giving him the bread before the, before he met the prophets and he came under the anointing and became another man. Couldn't have happened. Couldn't have happened. It's important that God can trust you. And we know, we know from the story of Saul, prophet used to, used to call it king for, the day, for a day. It was actually longer than that. He used to call it that. We know that Saul, Saul ended up disobeying a direct command from God through prophet Saul, Samuel. And the kingship was taken away from him. It's important that God can trust you. 
important that God can trust you. I've been listening to 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 uh, sermons that Prophet did called the Acts of the Apostles, and he talks about having unquestioning service. When you don't question God, you just do what He said. Noah didn't question God. He built the ark, even though he'd never seen rain. Even though it didn't come tomorrow. Took him a hundred years. How many of you would hang on to what God told you to do for a hundred years? How many of you would do that? How many of you throw your hands up and say, I quit! I must not have heard you, God. Noah would have drowned it in the flood right along with the rest of them. God had to know that he could trust Noah. God has to know that he can trust you. And some of us, we get a little bit, just like Saul, we get a little bit of authority, and then all of a sudden, we don't have to listen to what God said. Well, the prophet, you told me I could do as occasion served me. And the occasion served me to not kill all of them, as I was told. We'll just keep part of it. And then when he got caught, he's like, well, it was for sacrifice. No, the sacrifice was the obedience. That was what God wanted. He wanted to know, Saul, can I trust you? Turn with me to Numbers, chapter 28. Numbers 28, verse 26. Also, in the day of the first fruits, when you bring a new meat offering into the Lord, after your weeks are out, he's talking about Shavuot here, ye shall have a holy convocation, and you shall do no work. You shall do no work. It's Shabbat for Shavuot. Back in Leviticus twenty three seventeen, it said that you would bring you could you could bring into your habitation two wave loaves of two tenths deal. That's sixteen cups of flour. That's a Leviticus twenty three seventeen. About sixteen cups of flour. And the two loaves would be rectangular. They'd be, be four in, by, by seven hand breaths and four fingers high. That's 12 inches by 21 by three, and that's two loaves. So 16 cups of flour made into a dough, cut in half, and you, and you braid up two loaves. Those two loaves, when I would bake them, I would put them on a, on a diagonally on a cookie sheet to bake them. They shall be bacon with leaven, and they are the first fruits unto the Lord. So when you wave these two loaves, they are the first fruits. 
I can remember the first few years that we made this. That's a lot. That's a lot of flour. That's a lot of bread. And we were like, wow. But it says they are the first fruits unto the Lord. We are waving before the Lord. These waves, these loaves of bread as our first fruits unto him. They should be huge. They should be huge, shouldn't they? And then we're bringing the offering unto the Lord. Thank you, Father. Turn to Numbers chapter 18. Numbers 18. We're going to go 8 through 14. Numbers 18, 8 through 14. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Behold, I also have given thee the charge of mine heave offering of all the hallowed things of the children of Israel. Unto thee have I given them by reason of an anointing and to thy sons by an ordinance forever. This shall be thine of the most holy things, reserved from the fire, every oblation of theirs, every meat offering of theirs, every sin offering of theirs, every trespass offering of theirs, which they shall render unto me shall be most holy for thee and for thy sons. And in the most holy place thou shalt eat it. Every male shall eat it, and it shall be holy unto thee. And this is thine, the heave offering of their gifts, with all the wave offerings of the children of Israel. I have given them unto thee and to thy sons and thy daughters with thee, with the statute forever. Everyone that is clean in thy house shall eat of it. All the best of the oil, all the best of the wine, and of the wheat, and the first fruits of them, which they shall offer unto the Lord, them have I given thee. I want you to look at that. Verse 12. All the best. All the best of the oil. All the best of the wine. All the best of the wheat. All the best of the first fruit. Of what they offer unto the Lord, them I have given thee. And whatsoever is first ripe in the land, which they shall bring unto the Lord, shall be thine. Everyone that is clean in thy house shall eat of it. Everything devoted to Israel shall be thine. All the best. When I was a Methodist pastor's wife, There was always this joke. And it really wasn't a joke. It was a, oh, they laughed about it and they joked about it, but they actually believed it. They said their job was keep the preacher poor and humble. Poor and humble. And anytime the preacher got something new, you know, we... We we got a, a, a new car. They come around and say, we must be paying you too good. You got a better 
I do. You got to the place in the ministry that you felt like you didn't want anybody to know or see your blessing. Because they wanted you to be poor and humble. And then you'd hear them, they'd say, well, we ain't going to give... We ain't going to give any money our tithes and offerings because we ain't giving it to you, preacher. And then I found Prophet Deckard. I started going to, going to his meetings, started listening to his CDs. And Prophet said, if I don't have the best, If I don't have the best, there's no hope for you to have better. Well, that's arrogant. Well, he's just he's just wanting to drag it in for himself so he can have the best. No, he was said, I gotta have the best so that you can have the best. So that you can be blessed. That wasn't Prophet Deckard's idea, was it? No, right here, right here, in verse 12, we're looking in Numbers 18, 12. Hallelujah. All the best. All the best. Have I given thee, Aaron, thy sons, thy daughters, Aaron, as ministry, I'm giving you all the best. I'm not keeping you poor and humble, Aaron. You will have the best. And if these people will listen and do as I command, if they will keep Shabbat, keep the festivals, bring the offering, I will command the blessing upon them. And then whatever they set their hand to will prosper. The New Testament, it says give. And it will be given back to you in your bosom, shaken down, pressed together as you give. You understand why the Methodist church, those people didn't have anything? Wrong attitude! We're going to keep, we're going to keep the preacher poor and humble. We're going to keep him all poor and humble. We're going to keep that preacher poor and humble. That's what they were going to do. Prophet Deckard said, no, it's not about being poor and humble. Uh-uh. No, it's not about being poor and humble. No, it's about. Me having the best so that you can be blessed. 
God, God wants us to be blessed, and he made a way. He made a way for you to be blessed, Ephraim. God set it up. He set it up as important, important times, times. God is trying to move us forward. He's trying to get us into the position where we can be blessed. He's trying to get you, Ephraim, in the place where you can be blessed. All life, everything they had, the fruit of the vine, everything that was grown, the land, the animals. If they lived Torah, they lived well. Do you understand why the Jewish people are one of the richest peoples in the world? As a whole, they keep Torah. You and I need to do the same. They keep the festivals. They keep Shabbat. Pray, Father. I come before you, Father. I come before you, Father. I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I thank you and I praise you for your appointed times, Father. Your appointed times. Your appointed times, Father. Father, I lift up those who are listening today. Anyone, you have something that needs to be healed. Somebody, you've got carpal tunnel going on in your arm. I want you to put your hands there. God's going to heal that today. Put your hand there. Anybody else you got something going on, you put your hand wherever it is. God's going to heal you. In the mighty name of Yeshua! In the mighty name of Yeshua, I command the healing. Satan, you take your lying symptoms and you leave. Yeshua! Yeshua! 
from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In your shoe is precious name. In your shoe is precious name. Now praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I receive it. I receive it, Father. Ishik out of Kuhu. Now do something you couldn't do before. Yeah, Kalabaha. Yeah, Kalabaha. Yeah, Kalabaha. Kushika. Kushika. Thank you, Lord. In Yeshua's precious, precious name. Amen. I want to thank each of you for tuning in. I want to remind you that with Yeshua, all things are possible. Oh, 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 oh. 